Welcome to Imagine That. Your host is Dr. Miriam Franco. Today, we'll discover the power of imagination to relax and discuss many of the ways it can help solve problems, improve your health, and more. Imagination is a healthy, powerful tool that, when applied to a concern, becomes a powerful ally that we can all benefit from. Now, here is Dr. Miriam Franco. Welcome to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Miriam Franco. As a psychologist and a guided imagery specialist, I have witnessed the power of our imagination to help us reduce pain, let go of stress, prepare for challenging life events, and improve our health and coping. As Albert Einstein said, first we imagine it, then we create it. Each week on Imagine That, I interview healthcare professionals, wellness experts, teachers, artists, and community leaders who apply innovative ways to use the power of the imagination to relax, cope, perform, and learn. Our topic today is de-stress for MS youth, a topic close to my heart and of special interest to me. I am a psychologist, but I'm also a multiple sclerosis or MS specialist. I'm fortunate to work in the Philadelphia area that has MS centers and even a pediatric MS center. MS affects approximately 1 million Americans. It's an autoimmune disorder that people live with lifelong, as currently there is no cure. Due to improved MRI technology, it now can be diagnosed early in life, in fact, among children and teens. It's estimated that approximately 5, maybe even as high as 8 to 10% of all MS cases in America are pediatric. Youth with MS can experience a higher disease burden. That is, they may have some of the common symptoms of MS, like fatigue, but can also experience earlier cognitive difficulties than their adult counterparts. So coping with this disease poses challenges for anyone, let alone kids and teens who struggle to grow and form their identities. As a result, there's enormous need to help these young people develop coping skills and resiliency to improve their quality of life and their adult coping. My special guest today is Dr. Mary Renzel. She's highly knowledgeable about pediatric MS and all the special issues it evokes. She is an assistant professor of medicine at the Cleveland Clinic Learner College of Medicine and the director of pediatric multiple sclerosis and wellness at the Mellon Center of the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Renzel graduated from the Medical College of Ohio and completed her neurology and neuroimmunology fellowship training at the Cleveland Clinic. She's board certified in neurology and integrative medicine and is a fellow of the American Academy of Neurology. Her work has focused on adult and pediatric MS, brain health, and integrative medicine. Dr. Renzel serves on the International Pediatric MS Study Group and is on the steering committee of the National Network of Pediatric MS Centers. She's been awarded Best Doctor Recognition by Cleveland Magazine since 2010. She's a coach, active mentor, scientific reviewer, clinical researcher, activity director, and national speaker. 
She's appeared on numerous media outlets, including Good Morning America. And welcome, Dr. Renzel, to Imagine That. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to talk about these special kids and teens with MS. Oh, one, of my, one of my favorite topics. It's my pleasure. I'm always asked by others, how did you get interested in treating and working with MS since I don't have MS? So I'll ask you as well, given all the areas of medicine or even neurology one could gravitate to, what drew you to specialize in MS? Well, I remember in medical school reading this term called psychoneuroimmunology. And I thought, well, how do those three words go together? And I learned that there's a way, there's an intersection between these three areas of medicine in psychology, neurology, and the immune system, and how they can influence each other. I thought, well, that really intrigued me, and I wanted to learn more about that. If there, that seemed like that was something modifiable, you know, if there was a way we could alleviate stress or in, improve our mood status, it could actually have an effect on our immune system, which would then also have an effect on our neurologic system. So I wanted to know more about that. So that's how I got into this area. Also in this area of neuroimmunology, I get to see patients of different ages and I get to know my patients really well. I get to uh, know them over their lifetime and um, that's an honor for me. Yes, yes, I can definitely understand. And the complexity is certainly challenging of interconnection of all these systems and having to address these symptoms in your work with your patients. So treatment for MS and even the ability to diagnose multiple sclerosis has rapidly advanced in the last 15 to 20 years. Prior to that, folks may have gone through long diagnostic workups, may have had MS symptoms for years before it could be properly diagnosed. And um, it was also thought in that, time that most adults, if they develop MS, it would start in their late 20s, early 30s. In fact, relapsing remitting MS, the most common form, was thought of as a young adult disease. So did you even see cases of pediatric MS in your residency or early training? Yeah, it was incredibly rare to see one. So, you know, when you are, when we're training in neurology, we, we share interesting cases or patients that help us learn something. So if we would have a patient with this, we'd, we'd all, you know, talk about it and learn about the symptoms because it was so rare. Um, you know, but of course, you you know, that's it's very hard to forget the cases of, what, this is MS starting at, you know, 15 or 11 or something that's so unusual. Yes, so it is. I could only think of one or two, you know, it was very unusual. Yes. But now my understanding is because of our improvements in MRI technology and some refinement of our diagnostic criteria, we can diagnose people with MS at younger ages and start to intervene more quickly. How would you define pediatric MS as compared to adult MS? That's a a tough question. We might break that down in parts. And, And at what age to what age would it be considered pediatric MS? Right. So the easiest thing to think is if it's on, you know, less than 18, if the person, uh, the child, the teen presents less than 18 and MS is confirmed at that time, then it is called pediatric MS. Um, The definition of what MS is has changed over time. It started in 1965 and there's been a few adaptations, most recently in 2017. And it's been um, understood that 
yes, indeed, the, the kids and the teens with MS can use the adult criteria for multiple sclerosis in most situations. Um, the younger they get, um, the more we need to think about a longer list of what else it could be. Um, so, you know, we think about the symptoms. Uh, there are classic symptoms that um, make us think about multiple sclerosis, but in children, those symptoms can be a little bit different. Um, and then they can have more symptoms than the adults do. So they can have more relapses or times of new symptoms and their mm -hmm. test results can look a little bit different. So the easiest thing to say is less than 18 um, and still using the adult criteria with some caveats or nuances uh, because of the pediatric age and the developing brain at that time. Thank you for clarifying that. And mm -hmm. I think I'll follow up with MS is not a commonly well understood disease in this country. Most people associate people with MS in stereotypical ways, like, you know, someone with MS is automatically wheelchair-bound, which they may be or may not be, because no two people with MS are alike. Some don't have walking problems, and actually the most common symptom of MS is fatigue. Many have some form of sensory weakness or numbness. Some have bowel or bladder issues. Many do not. But a large number in the adult population, they think as high as 50 to 60%, may have some cognitive difficulties, uh, like short-term memory or processing speed problems. How does pediatric MS present itself? It can have very similar symptoms to adults, but there are times when it's different in the fact that we use a term called uh, polyfocal presentation. So that means not only might the child or the uh, teen have loss of vision in one eye or spinal cord um, syndrome, which may mean weakness or numbness in an arm or leg or the abdomen. Um, it could be a brainstem um, syndrome, which might include, you know, double vision, uh, balance troubles, troubles talking clearly. Um, but there, the difference with the kids or the teens is that sometimes there are uh, what we would call encephalopathic features, meaning they're more tired or they might have a seizure or they might be confused with the first symptom of MS. And that does not typically happen with adults. That's the yes. difference with the pediatric onset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you know, once they hit um, puberty, there are all kinds of other issues as well in their growth spurts and hormonal exactly. regulation. Yes. So what we know is when it starts less than about 10 or 11, it's uh, almost, it's pretty similar rate between boys and girls. But as we get over the puberty, post-puberty ages, then the girls, the rate of the girls getting it over the boys is very high, sometimes even like 4.5 to that 1. In relapsing remitting MS, the most common form where people have relapses and then return some, to some baseline for a number of years and then slowly right. the disease progresses, the rate of women to men is, is similarly. It's uh, similar, yes. Yeah, it's four three, to one. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, three to one, four to one, yes. Yeah so, and yeah, so the kids will have these relapses or times of new symptoms more often than the adults. Um, but it could be a very similar onset to the adults, but this polyfocal um, presentation is is uh, where they actually have maybe some confusion or tired or severe tiredness or something with it happens more in the younger age. That's the difference. Now, I want to ask you um, about some of the specific treatments, and we can start this. If we run out of time, we can um, continue this in our second segment after our commercial break. Since there is no cure yet for MS, but there are 
many what we call disease-modifying therapies, either injections or oral pill medications or infusions that are available, I know, to the adult population that can delay the disease course, the rate of disability over a long span of years. Many of these are injections, and there's only one oral medicine that I'm aware of that's been approved by the FDA for use with pediatric MS. So, um, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. You have that exactly right. So, we have 17 medications FDA approved for adult onset multiple sclerosis, and we have one for pediatric onset multiple sclerosis. And the reason for that is that there is one trial that was completed with a medication called fingolimod or gelinia. Um, and what was done in that trial is to look at um, safety, uh, the efficacy, how much it helps MS, any risks associated with it. And it was a randomized control trial. So there was a group on uh, a different medication and on um, gelinia or fingolimod. Um, so comparing these two things, um, you know, you'd be able to tell which is more safe and uh, how much it helped MS and what are the risks. So these are things, of course, that the parents want to know is what, what are the risks and benefits of being on these medications and how can it help MS symptoms and long-term effects of multiple sclerosis. Thank you. Um, let's, yeah. let's hold that thought and get back okay. to that in our next segment. All right. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. De stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download imagery work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom to access imagery work, go to App Store or Google Play. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Imagine That. 
If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm Dr. Miriam Franco, your host. My guest today is Dr. Mary Renzel, Director of Pediatric MS and Wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. If you'd like to learn more about pediatric MS and wellness, you can visit myclevelandclinic.org slash departments slash neurological slash DEPTS slash multiple dash sclerosis. If you'd like to learn more about the network of pediatric MS centers in this country, you can visit usnpmsc.org. Dr. Renzel, we were talking in our first segment about the available medicines, uh, whether these are injections or an oral medicine, and some of the differences between pediatric MS, what's approved for treatment than for the adult population. So if there's only one oral medication approved for pediatric use at this time, and of course, it, has, it would have to be indicated for the given individual. If kids and teens have to use injectable medicines, I know that's a challenging treatment because there can be site reactions, taking injections reminds you that you have the disease, and for some people, there's anxiety about injections or they're just no fun. I imagine the parents are actively involved in this part of the treatment as well. How do you address this? Especially as it's hard enough being a kid let alone coping with medication or treatment regimens? Well, I think we first have to educate, the, especially the teen or the child, mostly the teens uh, and the parents, of course, about the import- importance of treatment and what multiple sclerosis can do and um, likely will do if we leave it untreated. Um, so once uh, the family, the whole family unit understands what MS can do, uh, we need, you know, once they understand that, then they're willing generally to move forward with some of the treatments. Um, there was a day when the injectable medicines were all that we had in the early 90s. And since then, we have oral medicines and IV or infusion medicines. So most patients would prefer a pill over a shot. And the nice thing about that is most of the pills uh, work better for MS than the shots. So we're in agreement that we'd rather use the pills, uh, the majority of the pills, rather than the injectables Mm -hmm. uh, because of the efficacy or how much it helps MS, how much it blocks new symptoms and blocks new lesions forming on the brain or spinal cord. Now, the infusions um, even have a higher efficacy. They even help MS even more. So it's it's a nice landscape now of opportunities of Uh, choices of therapies, uh, but the challenge is that they have not all been rigorously tested in pediatric MS. We right now have a few trials going on looking at this so that we can go ahead and nationally and globally uh, trials going on looking at this so that we can go ahead and give the patients and families more detailed information about long-term risks and efficacy in their uh, particular type of multiple sclerosis. Um, so we will have more and more information coming in about the safety uh, and benefits of these medications. We have uh, a few of the s- studies looking at just tolerability. You know, how do the kids handle the medicines compared to adults or pharmacokinetics? You know, how does the body break it down? 
compared to in a child's uh, body compared to an adult's body. So we have that information in other studies. Um, so we are working off a good amount of information, but we always need more so that we can give very detailed information for the families um, to make the best decision going forward. Yes, and the good news is, since I started working in the field of MS and MS treatment, and I mostly cope with the emotional symptoms and cognitive issues associated with MS, there has been such an advancement, not only in medicines and treatment, but our understanding of MS, uh, what we have available for treatments to manage symptoms of MS, and the amount of research and clinical trials going on. There are even, I think, approximately eight or nine pediatric MS centers now in this country. So all of this has mushroomed, which is really promising and hopeful. Right, exactly. Yes, there's 12 centers right now oh. through the network of pediatric MS centers. So you can always check on that website and see where the closest resources are uh, for the families, you know, and their caregivers so that, um, you know, can understand, you know, who's the closest and who's uh, has some expertise in this area. Um, a lot of our patients do need to travel a good distance. I can imagine. I can imagine. So let's shift for a moment to some of the emotional and naturally stressful or anxiety-laden issues of being a kid or a teen with MS, because again, developing coping skills and resiliency is so important for the parents and for the child affected. First of all, the odds of there being another kid with MS in your school or even your school district are not great. So the isolation and perhaps the stigma of being different, especially when you're in middle school, I mean, imagine being in middle school and having to handle a bladder issue at that age. Um, it can be daunting. How do you your, and your program at Cleveland Clinic address these concerns? Well, from the beginning of the Mellon Center, the family, the Mellon family wanted our center to be a comprehensive center, meaning that, you know, you could come under our roof and you could get all the care that you need related to most of the majority of your MS symptoms. So the multiple sclerosis center of the Cleveland Clinic called the Mellon Center is set up in that way, um, that we have in-house behavioral medicine so that there are ways to, number one, learn how to cope with even having this. I always, you know, acknowledge to the teens, this is not something they asked for. This is nothing that they did. Um, but we have a team that can help them realize that right now they're going to have to see me periodically. I always say, I'm going to try to make this boring for you so you don't have to see me that often. That's my job. That's why I'm going to watch over them and um, try to hit our treatment goals, which is to try to get the, them feeling stable and, and forgetting that they have this and that the MRIs are stable. Um, that's what we're after. Um, so in our center, we have social work, nurses, physicians, assistants, you know, advanced practice, nursing, occupational, physical therapy, speech therapy, neuropsychology. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing we do is, you know, once they get involved with our center, they can go back to their home. We do telemedicine visits. I was wondering about that. Yeah, so that we could have access and they don't have to spend a whole day getting to us or a day and a half, you know, missing school and missing work and, you know, trying to keep checking in on their MS, which is then, you know, affecting their school and their work even more. Right. Um, so the telemedicine people enjoy, you know, that they can... Um, kind of check in with us. Generally, they have a local neurologist, but sometimes their local neurologist hasn't seen a lot of pediatric MS. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing yes. Cleveland Clinic has is a wellness institute where we have places to come learn how to do guided imagery, meditation classes. Um, today, we have a group visit for culinary medicine. So we're going to go into the kitchen and learn how to cook and um, 
eat healthy and see how we can do it. Yeah, it's it's really fun. So, and of course, cooking is a life skill, not just something helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we try to, you know, see indeed what the patient needs and remind them that um, unfortunately or fortunately I'm on their team now um, and that and I need to be part of their life periodically, but I want them, you know, to have the normal life in between and we're here to help them. Yes, I know as a guided imagery specialist myself and I have an app called Imagery Work where I have an entire page of designed specific guided imagery tracks for MS, including one for MS youth called De-Stress for MS Youth. I have found that because depression's higher in MS than many other disease um, syndromes, and anxiety comes along with coping with the lack of predictability and uncertainty about the disease, that these techniques can lower anxiety, shift pain experience, improve rest, renew energy, improve coping, even help them manage and prepare for challenging medical procedures. Um, Now, I think one of the reasons this is so helpful, one, I know how to do it and I enjoy it myself, but in sharing this and teaching and training others over the years across the country, it's wonderful to see people with a chronic illness like MS being able to learn how to deepen their relaxation response, improve short-term immunity, um, take some empowerment use their imagination to actually enjoy their bodies and improve their wellness and coping skills. It's really can create a shift in their response to their disease. What has been your experience with the wellness interventions at Cleveland Clinic? Yeah, we've been very fortunate. We did years ago, we did a study with actually a Buddhist monk. I mean, it's an amazing story that one of our neurologists' mother became a a Buddhist monk. She was Thai uh, from her background and after she raised her children, she had her own temple in Thai. She came and she did meditation um, course for our patients, and it was a study. So we did look at pain and, um, you know, a few of common MS symptoms, like you had mentioned, fatigue and cognitive symptoms. And it was, it was, you know, it was helpful. It was a pilot study, a smaller study, but it it helped a lot of those things. And I and what I tell my teens is, you know, they always have their phone with them, so they could, you know, look for apps like you're you're talking about and. Other ones like Calm or Headspace and, mm-hmm. and even go on YouTube. And, um, you know, it's amazing because the kids, they want to find something that can fit into their lifestyle. So, um, we, you know, we've done that meditation study. We've done a biofeedback study. Mm-hmm. Um, we're recently doing shared medical appointments for MS wellness. So, we have folks in the room and we're teaching them different things each month. And we looked at some outcomes with that study, with that pilot. And that actually was had some very positive outcomes where people you know, were going to the emergency room less often. They were seeing their primary care doctor more often. They were seeing their other practitioners that were, you know, less costly, but probably more helpful for them, such as physical and occupational therapy. Um, so we've had some interesting outcomes and the kids really like turn, turning to an app because they're so familiar with their phones and it's there for them. And I said, you know, even in the waiting room, while you're waiting for me, you can do it for two minutes, you know, and the more you do it, I talk to them about the more you do it, the more you, those pathways will work for you and you can get right back to relaxation much quicker. You know, That's it's right. like any kind of exercise. Um, so I'm a big fan because first of all, it's free and cheap and easy and accessible right. and very powerful. Yes. It's yes. also very good for different kinds of learners. And because sometimes there are cognitive issues with MS, 
guided imagery, which is a form of guided meditation, uses more sensory processing. So they don't have to you know, develop the same cognitive level of skill. The other wonderful thing is people can record their own guided imagery. It's something I often do with patients because it just really increases their personal relationship with their treatment, their medicine, and their own coping skills. It's almost like developing an ally, a resource within them to cope with the disease. Let's take our next commercial break and return soon. To a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. De stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download Imagery Work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access Imagery Work, go to App Store or Google Play. How much health and wellness information have you been exposed to today? Listen to Prescription for Success with Dr. Emil Haldi. Healing and empowerment start from within, but it also takes the best knowledge and advice. That's what you'll find here. Dr. Haldi and his guests will help you make the right life-enhancing decisions for well-being success. Tune in live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Prescription for Success. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm Dr. Miriam Franco, your host. My guest today is Dr. Mary Renzel, Director of Pediatric MS and Wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. If you'd like to learn more about pediatric MS, its treatment, wellness, and resilience skills for this population, you can visit www.myclevelandclinic.org slash department slash neurological slash DEPTS slash multiple dash sclerosis. And if you'd like to learn more about the many pediatric MS centers in this country, you can visit www.usnpmsc.org. 
Dr. Renzel, in the last two segments, we discussed some of the challenges of pediatric MS and some of the wellness interventions that the Cleveland Clinic seems uh, well involved in and accepting and has integrated into their comprehensive care approach uh, in pediatric MS and as well adult MS. I'd like to turn to research now. I know you've published a fair amount of scholarly work on pediatric MS. What is your current area of research at the present time? Well, there's two focuses mainly. So the treatment of pediatric MS is one, and also the wellness aspect, uh, which now we're referring to as more uh, enhancing our brain reserve. You know, So if we think of our brain as a savings account, and we want to keep putting good things into it and treating it well for the day when we may, we may need it. Um, there's, there's a concept that we, there's things we can do today to modify our nerve health of our brain. And so that's a very interesting area because every day we're making choices about what we eat and when we go to bed and, you know, stress management, and all of those actually really matter for our brain health, even our longevity of our brain health, how long it serves us. Um, so I think, you know, patients really uh, would want to know what they could be doing today. I get that question all the time. What can I be doing today to help my brain? And there's research looking into that. Um, an interesting one that just came out is looking at a concept or a, a little protein called BDNF. It's brain-derived neurotrophic factor and it comes from the brain and it supports nerve health and the more we exercise or move and the more we treat our mood disorder if they're there or decrease stress actually changes the physical health of the nerves and how well they work and how well they connect to the other nerves so I feel like why wouldn't we use those opportunities to optimize our brain activation our brain health and our brain uh, function by something as simple as, you know, 30 minutes of exercise a few times a week. Um, I like that phrase, yeah, nerve yeah. health. We've always yeah. been using heart health. Right, I know. And it's all one yeah. system and it benefits, but it's great to hear about the specific yes. research around exercise. I also would like to um, add that in my work with adult MS, um, people with MS in the adult population, they hate often taking what they call timeouts or rest periods because understandably it removes them from an activity or it's a reminder of some temporary loss from a former area of functioning. And so what I try to do when I teach them relaxation and guided imagery, I call it enhanced rest periods. Even being on an infusion, which can take a while, or any area where you're waiting these are underutilized therapeutic opportunities to enhance brain health, as you so elegantly described. So if you need to take rest, have some fun with it. Relaxation, meditation, guided imagery, aromatherapy, whatever speaks to you helps you enhance those properties and turns a rest time into your time for wellness. It's sort of shifting the attitude towards you don't get to choose the disease or the problems that you have, but you do get to choose your response to them. Yes, I agree with you. So it, and when you think of, I think a lot of people can understand, you know, phone chargers and if the wire is just a little broken, you have to hold it exactly the right way or it might work for a while or it might work a little bit slower. So I agree, you know, a rest, a lot of times with uh, the metabolic 
needs of the nerves are really great. So if we take, you know, a little rest or we do things to enhance, um, you know, what the nerves need, which is good nutrition, uh, good oxygen, no smoking, you know, healthy blood pressure, those kind of things actually matter for nerve health. So I agree with you. I mean, that is a, a time I, that's why I talk about waiting, you know, sitting in the waiting room, that could be an opportunity, you know, it's, right. it's it can be free and easy and, you, and no one will know you're doing it if you're just sitting there oh, doing also, your guided imagery, you know. Right, time yeah. in the mind is not yes, like temporal yes. time, you know, when, yes. you, you, when you're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner next to a guest you adore, you know, um, four hours feels like five minutes. And sure. when you're sitting next to somebody you don't care for, five minutes feels like an eternity. So you can also do this, like when you're in, you know, closed brain MRIs, you can do a little bit of time travel and make it go quicker with wellness right. programs and guided imagery. So in terms of your research interests, is there a particular research study that maybe you're doing or collaborating with other professionals that really just speaks to you? Yeah, we're about ready to start a treatment trial for pediatric MS. So, um, you know, everyone can check our Mellon Center website um, and just hit the, the research uh, button on there and you'll see the active trials going on at the Mellon Center. Um, that's open to anyone to look over and there's always a contact number for each trial. Um, so it, it's, it would just be great as we talked about before that we have one FDA approved medication for pediatric MS. So. Um, if we do trials where we can in detail see the risks and benefits of these medications in this particular age group, um, then indeed the FDA will approve, uh, you know, consider approving these medications. Uh, we just need, we need the detailed information because it's a special population, right? So it's the time their brain is growing, they're, um, they're neurodevelopmentally in a different place than adults with MS. Um, so we need to honor that and just see how it works uh, in their body at that time when the bones are growing, the brain is growing, the hormones are changing. Um, and so that's coming. And so there's more and more opportunities for patients and families to be involved in research. We're also doing a diet study and there's an environmental and genes study with MS going on. So the network of National MS Society also lists trials, as does the International Pediatric MS Study Group will list trials that are available globally. Um, so there are opportunities uh, for families and patients to look and see what uh, their opportunities of what's going on or how to be involved if they would like to be involved. That's wonderful. So let's go back to um, clinical trials and or mm -hmm. treatment at mm -hmm. the um, Mellon Center for MS at the Cleveland Clinic. The Cleveland Clinic is well known, not just in the area of MS, and is... Um, you know, in a certain part of the country. So if a parent in their child were to come to the Cleveland Clinic for maybe a really thorough workup, uh, maybe MS is suspected, maybe they want to really um, do a comprehensive diagnostic workup and begin to think about treatment considerations, and they don't live nearby. Because, you know, many of us will travel to specialty hospitals across the country for the initial phase of um, diagnostic collaboration and consultation in early treatment. So if a family were traveling to Cleveland Clinic and did the work up there, but then they return to an area where there may be a community neurologist who, you know, covers a span of neurologic disorders, how can you address at the Cleveland Clinic this issue, I, we have this issue here in Philadelphia, too, where we have 
um, a big MS center at um, Hospital of University of Pennsylvania, and people come from all over, but they may continue care way out in the suburbs or rural areas um, and only go in once a year for the MRI follow-up and see their neurologist. How, how do you address that? Because you are such a well-known visiting consultative center. Yeah, so we have a few opportunities for families and the patients to come to Cleveland Clinic, either just come virtually. So there's a way to um, get your you know diagnosis reviewed and things without even physically coming. Um, uh-huh. That's um, there's a website we can I can give you that for that so that the families can look at that. Um, and even there's an opportunity just to even talk to a doc kind of on the phone before you come and see if there's uh, if we agree with the diagnosis and or just some. Uh, consultation regarding what tests need to be done or if there anything further needs to be done at the at that particular situation. Um, mm-hmm. We try to keep, uh, you know, appointments open for new patients so that they can get in pretty quickly um, because we know when patients have new symptoms or a change in symptoms or considering a new medicine, you know, they don't want to wait, you know, six to nine months. So um, we have, uh, you know, availability for folks to come in and sit with us and then we have telemedicine, which is after they were here, um, that we can stay in touch with them um, through telemedicine, which is more like a FaceTime, but um, through a secure um, platform. And or we have something called MyChart, which is a way for you know brief communications in between, just about side effect management, et cetera. Um, so, and we always work with a local provider because, um, as we said, you know a lot of times they may have one or two patients with MS, but they don't. It's not something they see every day, all day long. So they may not know the medications and the ins and outs of what tests need to be done or how to safety monitor. So um, we're glad to provide ongoing uh, support or a one-time consultation I think uh, for the is, patients. Yeah, I think that's terrific and so needed because, after all, pediatric MS is a growing field. We can't expect many people to have specialties in this area. And um, that follow-up with a, a, a local provider in the community is essential. Um, and the amount of time and um, great use of resources that this, you know, lowering time and increasing resources is terrific. This is so interesting. We will, though, approach our next commercial break and come back to speak with Dr. Mary Renzel, Director of Pediatric MS and Wellness at the Cleveland Clinic, about pediatric MS and some of the current advancements and treatment availability and approaches for this population. Stay tuned. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery Work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download imagery work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom 
To access imagery work, go to App Store or Google Play. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M.E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M.E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Miriam Franco. My guest today is Dr. Mary Renzel. Director of Pediatric MS and Wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. If you'd like to learn more about treatment for pediatric MS, wellness, and resiliency skills for this population, you can visit www.myclevelandclinic.org slash departments slash neurological slash DEPTS slash multiple dash sclerosis. And if you'd like to learn more about the many centers for pediatric MS in America, you can visit www.usnpmsc.org. Dr. Renzel, in the last segment, we were talking about so many important things. Uh, I had wondered, though, about Um, how long on average, if that's the right phrase, it might take to get a full comprehensive workup, a diagnostic consult, maybe beginning approach to treatment regimens for pediatric MS. Uh, After all, people may travel to the Cleveland Clinic from far away, and they may end up um, undergoing their ongoing care out in their local communities where there may be a community neurologist who covers a span of neurological disorders and really wouldn't understandably have a specialty in pediatric MS. Yes, and the good news is the studies are showing that patients are getting to the accurate treatments sooner than they used to it. The studies show it used to take about a year and a half before the patient would actually be starting the correct medication. So that would mean that that time was taken undergoing testing, getting to the right specialist, et cetera, before they actually started the medication. 
Now with enhanced uh, education about pediatric MS, the importance of accurate diagnosis, the importance of treatment uh, through the National MS Society and the Network of Pediatric MS Centers and even International Pediatric MS Study Group, um, there's more education out there for primary care providers to know, to, number one, to look for MS, and number two, to get the patients to providers as needed. Um, so now it's showing the patients are getting on medications within months rather than taking a year and a half. Um, when we think of the developing brain during that time, it's very important to think of saving healthy brain tissue by indeed treating uh, multiple sclerosis if it's there. So that's great news that the treatment has, is showing that indeed recently it's patients are getting more uh, quickly getting diagnosed and getting on the accurate medications. That's terrific. That's terrific. That time has really shortened. Mm-hmm. So at the Cleveland Clinic, uh, the Pediatric MS and Wellness Center, the Mellon Center, your title is Director of Pediatric MS and Wellness, and that caught my eye because typically in my experience, um, many times Americans think they're somehow choosing between complementary medicine, integrative medicine, wellness approaches versus traditional medicine, and that, that really can be an artificial distinction. Since Wellness is such an essential part of your treatment approach at the Cleveland Clinic and the the, uh, Mellon Center. Could you speak more to that integrative approach of these techniques? Yeah, and I think that word says it all when we use the term integrative medicine. So that means why not use all the tools uh, that would help and scientifically have shown us could be helpful for our patients. Um, So I'm all for using any tool that would help our patients feel better as long as we have science behind it that shows indeed it doesn't have risks, but it does, uh, doesn't have at least serious risks, but it does indeed have benefits. Um, the latest global push is, is to preserve brain volume. Again, to think about our brain reserve and our nerve uh, health. And so how do we do that? So every day we do something and we make a lot of choices in regards to our general health. And all of that can be referred to as wellness or complementary alternative medicine or integrative medicine. It's what we eat. It's how we sleep. It's how we manage stress. Um, It's actually our social networks even matter. You know, it's if we volunteer, it's if we see other people around us, it's actually who's in our social network. So do we have people who, who perform healthy activities throughout the day or do we have people who are smoking and drinking too much? And those are the people we see day to day that matters for our health so I choose the, the term integrative medicine because there's so many things we can do each day, you know, between your six-month um, doctor visit that to enhance your brain health. And, and we're, you know, it's being figured out over time, which are the most important, but most likely it's a um, comprehensive approach, you know, like we've always been a comprehensive center. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's, it's very important and it's great news because it shows the patients that they have what is called self-efficacy, meaning that, you know, they indeed, what they do each day can really make a difference in their, in how they feel day to day and how healthy the brain is, which is, you know, great news that we all have that ability to keep ourselves as healthy yes. as possible. Yes, absolutely. And I think also the younger generations and populations are more used to this being integrated um, throughout their curricula at schools, uh, healthcare, health education, uh, I think they're more used to this being part of an integrated approach. 
So it's natural for them as well. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. So we work and partner with that. We Cleveland Clinic has a wellness institute. Um, and then the global groups that are looking at the, com- the effects of comorbidities in MS. So if you have MS and plus one other medical condition, you, you know, folks have been shown to need a cane six years faster. So if you have MS plus high blood pressure, MS plus diabetes. So it's our job in these young brains and the kids and teens is to, to hope to prevent them from getting those conditions. Well, thank you, Dr. Mary Renzel, for all the enormous work and difference you make in treating pediatric MS and being available to your patients and patient community. And thank you for joining us today on Imagine That. Dr. Franco, it's my pleasure. So thank you for this time to to learn more about pediatric MS and to support these kids and their families. They're very special, special people. Yes, they are. And again, if you'd like to learn more about Pediatric MS, uh, diagnosis, treatment, uh, integrative wellness approach at the Cleveland Clinic, you can visit www.myclevelandclinic.org slash departments slash neurological slash DEPTS slash multiple dash sclerosis. And if parents and families would like to learn more about multiple pediatric MS centers in this country, they can visit www.usnpmsc.org. Next week on Imagine That, my guest will be Becky Bowe, and our topic will be stress-free brides. Becky will share her years of expertise working with brides and bridal stress and what helps them cope and creatively attend to their natural beauty and capacities. Join me then. Until then, remember, Einstein also said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Imagine that. Thank you for taking a deeper look into your imagination with Dr. Miriam Franco. Please join us for another episode of Imagine That next Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tap into your imagination this week.